You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Week one is here, and the opening week of the NFL season is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabric. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% at MacWeldon.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown Trading is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying and selling and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. Before we get to any of the breakdown of week one, Bears-Packers, and we're going to have plenty of that over the course of this week, Ben Fennell from The Athletic is going to be on the show tomorrow. And then for those of you who are new to our structure, every Wednesday is Crossover Wednesday during the season where we will have the host of the Locked On show to the corresponding team that week to have them in and, and offer their insight on the matchup for that week with the Packers. Before we get to all of that stuff, that good stuff, I know Packers-Bears is on everyone's mind. There was practice on Sunday, so even more to talk about than normal. We're going to get all uh, of that in a little bit later in the show. Let's start with the 53-man roster because this right now is the big news going on in Packer Nation over the weekend. Everyone had to get down to their 53, and it wasn't just what happened Saturday. It started Friday the cut started to trickle out. And those are, generally speaking, your more fringe roster guys, players that we knew were going to be a long shot to make this team. And the reality is Green Bay didn't cut anyone that most people thought was going to make the team. The big surprise was, and you you might not even be able to call it a surprise, because there were certainly people who believed that Tim Boyle deserved to be on the team over Deshaun Kaiser. That was ultimately what the Packers decided as well. Brian Gutekunst said on Sunday that what it came down to was Tim Boyle outplayed Deshaun Kaiser in the preseason when it counts. That is hard to dispute. And as someone who has advocated for Deshaun Kaiser over the course of his Packers career, and really before that, going back to his time at Notre Dame and and the pre-draft process, I was a big fan of Deshaun Kaiser. I continue to believe in his talent and, and his work ethic, um, I wish him the best. He's in Oakland now and, and I guess, Vegas in the coming season. Uh, but hopefully John Gruden can maximize him. That quarterback battle is over. And Tim Boyle is the Packers' number two quarterback, the only quarterback, the only backup on the roster. So that's the guy that they're going to go into the season with. That's the decision that Green Bay made. And the hope is, clearly, that he doesn't have to play. If he does have to play, 
maybe Green Bay feels differently about their quarterback situation, honestly. Uh, someone like Brian Hoyer is a player that I had advocated for experience in Kyle Shanahan's offense. We don't know that this offense with Green Bay and Matt LaFleur is going to be exactly what Kyle Shanahan's was. We know there are going to be some levels of similarities. I still think that makes sense for them, but Green Bay doesn't seem interested in doing it. Certainly not this week. And that means that Aaron Rodgers needs to play 16 games. I don't know that the Packers can do much with Tim Boyle, but they've built a team that that makes it easier. Defensively, they're much better. Uh, this is an offense that is going to want to play with better balance, and you're going to establish the run and go play action and, and maybe create some higher variance opportunities. We could really do a whole show about how you know Green Bay's new offense could make it easier with a backup to win a game. The hope is we don't have to bust that one out because Aaron Rodgers is on the field and doing his thing. The, the other position that makes headlines with these cuts, given where the Packers are and what they were dealing with in terms of the personnel that they had to make decisions about, is at receiver. So Alan Lazard doesn't make the team but winds back up on the squad uh, with, with the practice squad. Darius Shepard, the undrafted free agent from North Dakota State who didn't even get signed he had to come and try out for the Packers. He makes the roster. And Brian Gutekind said the, the difference between Shepard and Lazard was Shepard can return kicks. So if Trevor Davis gets hurt, he made the roster. If, if he gets hurt, Shepard can step in and do that despite the fumble in week four of the preseason. Part of the equation here, though, is Equinemius St. Brown, who had that high ankle sprain, was placed on IR. And that's not a surprise. What is a surprise is the Packers did not wait until he made the 53 to put him on IR, and that ends his season. Everyone assumed, myself included, that he would make the initial 53, you'd IR him, and in eight weeks he'd come back and be a part of this team. They made the decision that either it's going to take too long or they felt there was value elsewhere in guys who could contribute in that eight-week span that they needed. And that the marginal difference between having him on the roster uh, and, and getting the contributions from those other guys, the scales were tilted in favor of getting the guys on the team that could, that could help them over the course of the season, which in this case meant getting someone like Shannon Sullivan, who did make the team, and having him for, for the first half of the season when EQ could not have come back had he made the original 53. So that's the decision that they made there. Curtis Bolton, who just two weeks ago looked like he was the starting inside linebacker with Oren Burks hurt, he goes on IR as well. And he was he was waived injured, but then that reverts. If he's not claimed, he goes on IR. So he is now going to stick with the Packers, which is a big move for him. Hopefully he gets an opportunity through the next offseason process to prove that he can play because we saw in bursts that he is a talented young player who could contribute to this team, who could at least be a meaningful backup and a special teams player. And and speaking of meaningful backups, Cole Madison, another really great story, takes a year off from football, comes back and makes this Packers team. They let Justin McCray go, a guy who Mike McCarthy in 2017 called one of the MVPs of the team. And for someone like Cole Madison to make the team, after being out of football for a year, to come in and play well enough to push someone like Justin McRae off the roster, someone who I don't think is a very good player, but who clearly resonated with his teammates and his coaches, at least former coaching staff. That is a pretty impressive 
move by Cole Madison. And, you know, he deserves he deserves credit for coming back and saying, look, I needed that time. I took it and now I'm all in. And now he gets the opportunity to play for the Green Bay Packers. A pretty cool story there. Really fascinating stories, heartening stories up and down this this roster, this 53-man roster, guys like Shepard. And even though Curtis Bolton, you know, is hurt, he's going to be on the squad. He's going to get a chance to compete. Cole Madison, Shannon Sullivan, those guys that we mentioned, they are great stories. The Packers do a great job of bringing in UDFAs. They did it with Tony Brown last year, of getting these guys in-house, developing them, and turning them into players who can help them win games this year and potentially beyond. It's week one. Before we move on, let's talk about where you're putting your money down for week one. It is finally your chance to bet on real live NFL games, so do it at the place to bet every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place, guaranteed to win at least $100,000. And it only costs $100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of a huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy people out there, you can even bet on the over-under of how many fantasy points a player is going to score. Use the promo code Locked On at MyBookie to activate a deposit match offer up to $1,000. They will double your first deposit. They'll match it dollar for dollar up to $1,000. My bookie with the promo code locked on at my bookie bet, win, get paid. So the first practice of week one uh, happened on Sunday and we learned some, some important things about the state of the Packers roster because there were some moves they didn't make and some injured and some injured players who who came back and and should be ready to go week 1. Kevin King after sitting out the entire preseason basically with a hamstring injury back at practice, he is ready to go week 1. It's pretty clear. You know, Brian Gutekunst said a week or two ago, he's close on Kevin King. Oh, he's close. He's close. But we didn't see him at practice. And I think I even mentioned it on the show. He's going to play I said it last week. I said Jimmy Graham is going to play and Kevin King is going to play. I, I just I had a feeling that they were slow playing, in particular the Kevin King injury, and and not doing anything dishonest, not doing anything against the rules, just being precautious, and saying you know he's going to be back soon, but we we can't say more than that, and not that it provides some huge competitive advantage for the Packers once he starts practicing all week, you know the Bears are going to know he's going to be out there. They saw him last year. They know what he can do. They know who he is. It's not a secret, and and it's not a competitive advantage, but they were being conservative with him, and they're able to just say, you know, maybe he's going to play, maybe he's not. Getting mental reps is important. Hopefully, he was studying. Hopefully, he was getting all of those mental reps that you need to get. And physically, clearly physically is the part that, is of the utmost importance for Kevin King because it is the part that has failed him in his first two years in the NFL. Has not been able to stay on the field. Now the Packers are better set up now to deal with that injury, should it come again, than they have been in previous years. But if he is on the field, if Kevin King can play, 
and play most games. Let's just say he plays 13 or 14 games. This defense can be really good. And he said it. He said, you know, he was asked in the locker room, what's your goal this year? And he said to, to play 19 games, to, to go win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the goal. That's where the Packers are. That's where Kevin King's mindset is. And he has he has that kind of talent. Now, not doesn't have the talent to lead a team to a Super Bowl. He's not Darrell Revis or Deion Sanders. But he has the talent to be a legitimate starting and, and very good corner in the NFL. I don't know about a number one per se. I think that's still Jair Alexander. But does he have the talent to do that? Yeah. And just because you have another really good corner doesn't mean that you can't have two really good corners. I mean, those Jets teams, Mike Patton coached them with Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie. Those teams, they ate offenses for breakfast. I'm not, I'm not comparing in any way Jair Alexander and Kevin King to those guys. My point is to say, sometimes you can have two number one corners. King does have the, the ability to be that. We haven't seen him do it. We've seen flashes. We've seen some good stuff. He just has to stay on the field. And it's hard to get better if you can't play. It's hard to get better. Football, there is so much experiential learning that takes place here. You can't expect to improve if you're not on the field. Obviously, you can't produce if you're not on the field. But it's not just about the production part of it because you can't produce if you don't grow, if you don't develop, if you don't learn. And the only way you can do any of those things is to be on the field. So getting him back, obviously very important. Jimmy Graham also practicing, had that finger taped. Seems like he's going to go. And, you know, Matt LaFleur uses tight ends. And he gets them open. Jimmy Graham can still run. I think we're still going to see, you know, Robert Tanyan is still going to get some run. I think he's still going to play. And, and not just to project Jimmy Graham not just to protect his fingers for sure, but to protect his legs. He, you know, he doesn't need to be out there running every snap. They have Jay Sternberger. They have Robert Tanya, and they have other guys who can do that. So I, I do think Jimmy Graham is going to be a, a part of this offense. I don't know how big a part. I don't know how important he is because, as I said, the offense is designed to scheme tight ends open. They don't need to be doing as much on their own. That's good for Jimmy Graham because he can't do it on his own anymore. He needs to be put in a position to succeed in ways that he didn't earlier in his career. But can he still succeed if he is put in position? We don't know because he couldn't last year. Now he put up some numbers and he had some big games. And when the offense was geared toward getting him the ball, he produced. I mean, go back and look at some of the play action shot plays and, and, opportunities he had to make plays against Minnesota early in the season against San Francisco. There were games where he produced in a major way. And there were games where they they were looking for him, where they were running plays for him. Mike McCarthy's offense was not a tight end friendly offense. Matt LaFleur's offense is. So Jimmy Graham being back on the field and being healthy enough, as long as you're not asking him to make important run game blocks, as long as you're not asking him to you know, block blitzing linebackers one-on-one or, you know, critical run blocks on the front side against the defensive end. Can't do that. But can he be a weapon in the passing game? Yeah, sure he can. And he, he can still beat linebackers. And and speaking of linebackers, uh, the Packers 
they didn't they didn't make a Kiko Alonso deal. That was a, a potential trade we mentioned on this podcast. Uh, the Saints did. And one of the reasons it, it might be particularly hard to swallow for some Packer fans is the Saints traded Vince Beagle for Kiko Alonso, which makes it a pure salary dump. Vince Beagle, a fringe NFL player. The Dolphins just wanted to get off Alonzo's money. Now, could Green Bay have made this trade? Yeah. They had a better player they could have traded for Kiko Alonso, and they could have you know, found a way to absorb the money. That part is not super difficult. But I, what, I, what I said on Twitter is I think this hints at a situation with Oren Burks that is better than we thought. And maybe not better than we thought, but at least the Packers are saying, look, he's going to be back week three, week four. It's not worth it to take on that contract to have a backup. And this fits with everything we know about how they operate from a front office standpoint with their personnel. You know, they got Antonio Morrison for Lindsey Pipkins, a guy that they were going to cut. And they understood that at that time, Warren Burks was hurt and it was a shoulder injury and, you know, he could be out a while. So someone like Antonio Morrison was going to have to play a bunch. Now, here we are again with Warren Burks being hurt, but we think that injury two, three, four weeks and, and he could be okay. The Packers do not want to spend money and take these, these big contracts for talented players. I mean, there's no doubt Kiko Alonso is better than Ty Summers. I mean, no question. And he va- he may very well be better than Oren Burks. But I think this also suggests that the Packers feel very good about Oren Burks, his injury, and they also feel good, feel good about him as a player. Because if you have concerns about both, if you think, oh yeah, he, he can be healthy, but eh, is he very good? Do we know if he's good? Are we sure? If, if that's the feeling in, in the locker room, if that's the feeling in the front office, then you make a deal like this and you get Kiko Alonso and you just say, Oren, um, you know, keep rehabbing, do your thing, and we'll bring you back when, when we need to bring you back. But if you think he's going to be back soon and you think he's going to be good when he gets back, then you don't go out looking for you know, the Mason Fosters of the world. You just say, this is how the Packers are going to play. This is how we're going to do it. That's what they're saying. And they're going to play Raven Green. And and they're not going to worry about if Ty Summers has to play. He's probably not going to have to play. And by week two, week three, Oren Burks gets back. And now you're fine. And, you know, you, you didn't have to worry about any of this other stuff. If, if Oren Burks is healthy and can go, the Packers think he's going to be good. And that's everything that matters. They're not going to bring in a veteran just to be a two-week fill-in or a three-week fill-in. And speaking of filling, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed with BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, 
We've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay for shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Locked On to try it free. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events, so follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield and on Facebook and Twitter at Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. I want to close the show today with a a quote from Aaron Rodgers because this is something that I've been harping on all preseason. Aaron Rodgers was asked about not playing in the preseason on Sunday. And, And here's what he said. He said, if we go out and struggle, it has nothing to do with playing meaningless reps in the preseason. If we go out and light it up, it's not because we rested in the preseason. Our performance will be based on our preparation this week, our experience, and the way we execute on the field. This quote has a number of intentions behind it. Number one, there is the obvious meaning that we've talked about on this show a hundred times. The preseason is not going to dictate how Green Bay plays. Not with the starters, not with the ones, not with Aaron Rodgers. And, and that, you know that's worth saying. Of course, Aaron Rodgers feels that way. He, he doesn't think he needs to play in the preseason. He doesn't want to play in the preseason. So, of course, he's going to say we don't need. They call them meaningless reps. But the hidden meaning is aimed at his teammates and not in a negative way. It, but it, it, the, the point of what he says is this is about how we prepare. This is how what we're going to do this week. What we do this week is going to decide how we play on Thursday. That is... That's about his teammates. And that's that's motivation. That's saying, look, it's on us now. The preseason is whatever. The, the, doesn't matter. Jake Kumaro, you did some nice things in the preseason. Now you got to go execute. You got to go prepare. You got to go do all the things that, that NFL teams who are good do to win games. Preseason is over. Doesn't matter. You know, we're on to next week. That's his point. And that's an important point because there are players who played well in the preseason and they can't go into the regular season thinking, hey, I'm awesome. I played great. I lit up the preseason because Aaron Rodgers is up there saying that doesn't mean a thing now. That's over. Preseason's over. Regular season time now. And the preparation is not the preseason is a way to showcase guys it's an exhibition that's why it's really not a preseason it's an exhibition game Bob McGinn is big on this exhibition season 
It's a way for fans to see players. It's a way for coaches to see players. But it is not a substitute for actually preparing to play the game. It's not a preparation process. It's really not. It is nice to get some live reps, yes. But you're not getting live reps against game plan teams. You're not getting live reps against teams that are showing much. So compared to an NFL game, it might as well be college football. So because it's just there, there is no real direct translation. Now you can see it. Oh yeah, that player is good, or that player can do this, or this player has this ability, or this player is fits here, or is suited to this, or is bad at this, or doesn't fit here, or or isn't suited to this thing. And we can think of a million times when a preseason player looked great and turned out to be trash, and vice versa. So whatever you were in that exhibition season doesn't matter because. What matters now is the next three days of preparation ahead of what's going to go on in Chicago on Thursday night. Because these narratives are, are, are not just media narratives or fan narratives. They can seep into a locker room. You know, oh, we got we to gotta get sharp or, oh, you know, we didn't play or, oh, you know, we play, I played great. Oh, you know, did you see me doing this X, Y, Z thing? It's like, okay, great. It's time to focus up. And I think for, for fans, you know, just because Tim Boyle looked great in preseason doesn't mean that you put him out on a real field and he's a real quarterback. And just because you saw Ty Summers go make a bunch of tackles in the preseason doesn't mean he should be out there, you know, instead of Raven Green. These just and, you know, Trevor Davis, same thing. They're they're it is just so different. Now it's about taking the next step. It's about raising your game. It's about elevating your level of preparation so you can elevate your level of play. Rodgers is so big on preparation. He works so hard studying game plan, film, all that stuff. He wants everyone on the team to be there with him, to work like he does. And it's unrealistic. They're not going to do that. But he wants to motivate his guys. The way we play on Thursday is going to be based on how we prepare and how we execute. It had nothing to do with preseason. He's right. He's right. And Aaron freaking Rodgers does not need preseason snaps to get there. Yeah, it's the Bears. And they're, they have a really good defense. And then the week after that, it's the Vikings. And they have a really good defense. You know who doesn't have a really good defense? The Raiders. You know who doesn't have a really good defense? The Chiefs. Is playing against those teams really going to make a difference? Showing nothing, no blitzes, no coverage disguises. I mean, come on. This isn't this isn't that complicated. But this team is healthy now. When we talked about it earlier, ten out of eleven defensive starters and all eleven offensive starters are healthy right now. Healthy, healthy. That is huge. The Packers go into this game with their guys, and that's what they need. That's what they're. That's essential to them having a winning season is is staying healthy. Because there isn't a ton of depth at a, at a couple of key positions. So going into the season, going into week one on a shorter week than normal, you have a healthy team. You don't need those extra few days to get some of those guys ready. You don't need those extra few days to, you know, to get a, a backup prepared to play. Because their main starters are going. All right, Ben Fennel tomorrow, Expert Tuesday. Lauren Cox, host of Locked on Bears, is going to be here crossover Wednesday and then the Thursday show. If we need to do a little, you know, an injury update show, if there's injuries that, 
you know crop up during the week and we have to you know follow up on what's going to happen we will do that otherwise thursday night after the game will be our episode and then that'll be it for the week we will push forward following week wednesday normal schedule monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday Remember, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcast. Thank you to our, our sponsors, Mac Weldon, to Brewtown Trading Co., to all of you beautiful people for listening. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.